Hey, witches. Welcome back to the Witch the Vote podcast with Paige and Erica. I'm Paige. I'm Erica. Um, and as promised, this is our the first part of our city council candidate coverage. We are switching up the plan a little bit from our original intentions, um, mostly because of October in Salem. And I had a personal death in my family, so was out of commission for a minute. So we're going to condense sort of what we thought we would cover in three episodes, but realized we could probably cover it in one. It's true, because honestly, with the amount of content that's out there from each of these candidates at this point, we're pretty confident that if you were to consume the same content that we've been consuming, you'll arrive at the same conclusions. <laughs> They're being very clear about their agenda and who they're affiliated with and what they do and don't want. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we're going to just go through, we're going to tell you who we're voting for, who we would support, you know, even in uh, wards that we're not, that we don't personally live in or, or vote for. Um, and then you can make up your own mind about why, we might be doing that. Um, I highly suggest you watch their debate, or not debates, their forums, their Q&As. What are they calling those? Well, they've done, uh, most of the candidates have done interviews on Salem interviews. Access Television. <laughs> I'm really complicating <laughs> things today. Well, interviews. But they've also done AMAs on Reddit. Yeah. And there have been forums hosted by the League of Women Voters and also the Latino Leadership Coalition and lots of different activist groups around town. And, you know, frankly... If you listen to the last episode or the intro episode, which hopefully you did before diving into this one, but if you didn't, we're kind of describing the division between the candidates as the shadow candidates and the substance candidates, because according to the Witches' Almanac, which we do a lot of event planning around, on the day of the election, the moon is in Libra, representing the scales of justice, and the advice from the witches is lose not substance for shadow. So we kind of also don't want to give too much substance to the shadow candidates. We don't want to entertain some of their really weird ideas and statements well, as if they're... The thing is that they don't have any substance. Right. Is that their position in almost every single case or maybe every single case is really just that they're against, you know, what we would call the substance candidates and the mayor Um Kim Driscoll and her agenda, that's their whole platform is just being against that, the other platform. And they don't have anything really to back it up. And, you know, something that you'll see over and over again if you watch these videos. And, you know, I suggest, you know, watch a few of them or at least watch, you know, for the ward that you live in. You can watch, you know, the first few minutes where the host asks, you know, why they would subject themselves to a city council race. Um, and so you get a little bit of information about them. But then watch how they answer, you know, at least one of the questions. And what you'll find is that, you know, the candidates that we would describe as substance candidates, you know, they understand that 
city government is a like wild tangle of bureaucracy, of compromise, and of systems that you have to work within to make these changes. And then you'll find that the shadow candidates make just sweeping, generalized statements backed up by personal anecdotes. And so, you know, I want the people that know their way around these, you know, this bureaucracy and and all of this stuff. I want the people that know their way around that to be able to be making these decisions. So we let, we're we voting for substance candidates. That's who we'll be talking about a little bit. For the most part, the opposition is, it's kind of just the same thing across the board, right? Which is just, they are these, you know, what we would call the shadow candidates and they're really their only platform is being obstructionist. And um, yeah, I don't know, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> they almost all have the same talking points, which have been really dictated by this group not for Salem that, you know, when you start to deconstruct some of these buzzword, to borrow a, a phrase from master interviewer William Bill Legault with the best shirts in the biz, but we'll talk about that later. You know, they've really figured out how to manipulate these buzzwords so that it seems like they're saying something really revolutionary. But after watching a few of these interviews, they're all following the same script. And when questioned further on those points, they don't have anything else to say. They don't have any plan beyond, well, I blocked this thing. Well, we need to stop this thing. Well, and so, you know, the quick and dirty on Not for Salem, and, you know, again, this is just an easy way to sort of divide up the candidates because they discourage us from using Republican and Democrat in this context. So, you know, the easiest way or, you know, the quick and dirty about Not for Salem is that it's a group of people who are sort of like posing as progressives and being against development and for affordable housing. The problem is that they're not taking into account like how those things actually happen. And, you know, painting this picture that like the mayor and, um, candidates that are sort of in line with the mayor or, you know, again, at least what we would call sort of substance candidates, you know, are somehow for developers coming in and only building luxury condos. And that's not the case. And, you know, again, we can't spend a whole episode on this, but because it's a huge gray area and it's navigating that gray area that will be the responsibility of the city council. And if you don't really understand that there is that gray area, that all of us want affordable housing, or at least most of us want affordable housing, except for the NIMBYs, which is, again, part of this kind of gray area, because even a lot of them would probably say, would probably agree with the fact that we need affordable housing. They just don't want it near them. So we can all agree that there should be affordable housing, but it's just how it gets done. And the problem is that the shadow candidates don't have an answer for that other than I will do it. Right. <laughs> right. And <laughs> and that's just not a convincing argument to me when it you're like Steve Dibble and I don't count on you to come up with an answer to really anything. Well, and it seems like, you know, other than like 
you know, standing at the shoreline with your arms linked trying to stop the tide from coming in, I'm really not sure how halting development is at all creating any sort of solution for the problem of of coastal climate erosion, you know? It's it's such a strange stance to take that what you want us to just keep moving inland and inland and inland until we're underwater I there there's no actual I mean it's it's all panic right it's all reactionary it's all scarcity it's just everything that we don't need from leadership don't don't believe anything about not for Salem it's not good it's not a good thing and any candidate that aligns themselves with that group is problematic and troubling so I think that's kind of the quick and dirty on it and if you want to do more of a deep dive oh boy can you there's a lot on the internet that you can learn about and again like the reddit thread on the Salem reddit I'm new to reddit but I'm getting into it (laughs) the Salem election thread on Reddit truly has all of the information and links to all of these things and all of these interviews and, you know, the candidates' own websites. Oh, that's the other interesting thing that I noticed is that the shadow candidates, like literally none of them have websites. And so the only way that you can really learn about them is through these interviews because that's how I learned about them because... I couldn't really find that much information on them. And like I said, they don't really have websites. I mean, Steve Dibble has a website, which is... That's a whole nother can of worms. But we're (laughs) going to talk about the mayoral elections a little later. Well, so here's what you should know is that, you know, our reward and yours is that we will be giving you an episode about the mayoral election directly after we... Watch the mayoral debate, having consumed some alcohol. Just because you kind of have to. It's just... (laughs) So that'll be the next episode. You're welcome in advance. I'll probably ruin my career but this is kind of kind of a situation where we're throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks you guys want us to tipsy podcast after watching a mayoral debate we'll do it whatever gets you to the polls we'll do it please just vote in this election and tell your friends that live in salem and really everywhere but um we're concerned with salem so okay we've got the quick and dirty on not for salem out of the way we've let you know that what's coming And so let's get into it. So we have seven wards. Yes. Here. And we're going to talk about Ward 1 right now, which is Bob McCarthy v. Bell Stedman. Yes. (laughs) And this is the ward that we're currently sitting in right now. So I have a lot of opinions about this. But to be as... Efficient. Frankly, as efficient and fair as possible, (sighs) I will provide you with the facts that Bell Stedman was extremely opposed to the Sanctuary City Ordinance, which, you know, when you boiled it down, was basically just thoughts and prayers for (laughs) refugees, and she couldn't even (laughs) offer that. She is also extremely pro 
policing and would like to increase police presence in Ward 1, especially as a means of traffic control, which we know is not a solution. Um, and she's also somebody who really panders to her her peer group, you know, during the Ward 1 debate, which uh, happened before the preliminary election, um, she said multiple times, we need to halt residential development in Salem. We need to stop residential development altogether. And then when asked about how she would help um, downtown employees, she said, well, they need affordable housing. So she is definitely a shadow candidate who really doesn't have uh, wishy-washy very wishy-washy doesn't really have a platform beyond horrifying things beyond (laughs) horrifying beyond horrifying things that she thinks people want to hear which unfortunately and horrifyingly they do um ward one is a really important ward because there's like the the class divide is really apparent in ward one we have um not only the Salem Willows, which is a mostly single-family coastal area, but we also have Salem Point, which is a multi, mostly multi-family and, um, frankly, largely ignored area by a lot of folks who who think of Salem and service Salem. So Bob McCarthy, Bob, Bob McCarthy's the man. Bob McCarthy's the man. He. I I got to say like he knows his rules backwards and forwards. He there's basically nothing that goes on in this town that he doesn't know about. He's been criticized for not being great at communicating information to his ward, but frankly, I will take that as long as he knows what he's doing. If we had yep. Bell, we would have neither of those things. Now remind me, I'm forgetting I'm a ward 2 resident. Yes. So will that race even show up on my ballot? No. Okay. You so, will only see your ward candidate. Okay. So ward one people, and again, you can always find your ward, just like Google Salem ward map. Um, ward one people, get your pens out. Bob McCarthy. That's the man. Yep. All right. So for ward two, which is where I live and where the house which store lives, we have Caroline Watson felt v. James Zabaglia. Good work. And up until the recording on SATV, there was no information about James out in the world. And Caroline Watsonfelt has a very thorough website detailing, you know, her platform and where she's coming from and her qualifications. And, um, you know, just based on like Facebook and us having um, mutual friends people rave about Caroline and she seems like she's got, you know, the right kind of issues on her mind. Um, She's gay. She has a son. She cares about, I saw that she cares a lot about sort of like the infrastructure of downtown and making it safer. Our sidewalks in downtown are like pretty crazy because there's like hundreds year old tree roots growing out of them all over the place. It's very like non-ADA compliant, which is like something she cares a lot about. And I think she 
runs the Women's Friends Society. She's on the board of the Women's Friends yeah. Society. I mean, Caroline is all substance. Yeah. You know, she works yeah. with Historic Salem. Yeah. She's a preservationist. Yeah. She's part of the Historic Friends Society, which our beloved Alice Merkel is yeah. also fr- uh, part of. She she is everything that you would want from the ward two counselor. She grew up working. I think she was like a tour guide at pioneer village. She's, she's a longtime Salemite. Um, yeah, it grew up here. I love that. You kind of can't argue with her as a candidate. And she did win the primary by a sizable amount. So I feel like we're in a good place Um, with her winning ward too. But, you know, as we all learn painfully in 2016, you can never be too confident about who's going to win. So ward two people, get your pens out. You're voting for Caroline Watson Felt. Okay. Ward three, we have David Frenny v. Patty Morcillo. We like Patty. We like Patty a lot. Patty is very outspoken. Patty is a really actionable person. Um, she's she's the incumbent candidate, so she's already been doing a great job with Word 3. Um, we like Patty a lot. Definitely vote for Patty. David is uh, something else that's really funny about some of these shadow candidates who don't have websites or don't really seem to be campaigning is that they all claim that they were approached about running Mm -hmm. for (laughs) this position. And it's just one of those things that it just shows how they view the position as something they're entitled to and as like a position of power rather than a position of service, you know, Mm. a position that they are qualified for and that they have to work for, that they have to prove that they're qualified for. Um, You know, he's, he's somebody who during his interview, he said, you know, well, I helped a lot of ward residents with a problem. And then the interviewer dug deeper into that. And he was like, well, I blocked (sighs) this development. And it's like, (laughs) And, and again, you know, it's like, a lot of these people saying that they were approached too, it's like they were approached in some cases by sort of not for Salem people because they're trying to have this like team or something. They've basically tried to appoint somebody in every position so that they can force their agenda, which they're also trying to say is the people's agenda. Like they're all saying that they're trying to be the voice of the residents when in reality, I mean, the folks from Not For Salem who brought the um, building moratorium forward, it was a group of 25 people out of this whole city. So they have this really micro view of what's going on around here. And that is so dangerous. Right. And they're counting on Again, the fact that like people will, you know, hear we're for affordable housing and for stopping development and just agree with that, not understanding the nuances of the situation. And, you know, that's really smart, honestly, politically, but really dangerous. And, you know, it definitely sort of like mimics, you know, obviously, once again, like what's going on with the rest of the country and, you know, the fact that the Marjorie Taylor Greens are, you know, getting elected while, 
you know, and, and serving alongside somebody like, you know, AOC or something. <laughs> and it's a big problem. So. Yeah. Something that really alarmed me about David's interview was that he was going on and on about the evils of residential development and how many extra car, you know, if we had an apartment building with 250 units, it would produce a minimum of 500 cars on Highland Avenue. But in the same breath, he was upset that the plans for a cineplex were denied. And so I, I just need to call attention to this idea that residential development is so much more damaging than commercial development. Like almost all of these candidates are saying, well, we need more businesses in Salem. We need to bring more um, commercial space to Salem. And those cars are in and out and moving. So a cineplex? You think a cineplex <laughs> will produce fewer cars than an apartment building? I mean, when we move... when producer Anthony and I <laughs> moved into this place. There was one parking spot and we had two cars, but it was so perfectly located that we could downsize to one mm -hmm. car. I mean, well, I was going to say Salem already has a movie theater, by the way. I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to a Cineplex, whatever, no, no, no. but it's also kind of like the same people that talk about wanting to like preserve the like character of the town also want to put up a multiplex when we have an independently run movie theater here in Salem. And I've literally never been to a movie that has like sold out there. So like clearly there's still room, you know, right. <laughs> for but, um, people. But it's just the idea the that they're theater. trying to demonize the idea of a 250 unit apartment building because it'll produce 500 cars. Whereas a cineplex in the same spot would be producing way more than that, who are in and out a lot more, who aren't members of the community who are contributing to the culture of Salem. You know, it's just such a, it's such a flimsy, shadowy argument that once you look behind the curtain, there's nothing there except fear and obstruction. So, so vote like for Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, word three people, get your pen out. It's Patty Morcillo. Okay, Ward 4. Now, this is, a, this is a really interesting one because the current counselor, Tim Flynn, is the closest thing we have to a Trumper. I mean, or like is a Trumper, the closest thing we have to like a Trump. An open, an yeah. openly yeah. Trump personality. And he, He's a longtime nemesis of Witch the Vote. <laughs> I mean, he he wrote like a whole editorial in the Salem News about how much he disliked us, which was He did? Yeah, because we didn't oh, that uh, sounds famous. Well, because we didn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance that oh, time that's in right. council chambers. Oh, and yeah. then we realized that it annoyed him, so we kept so not we, standing for the pledge yeah. just to throw him off. Made a little it a bit. tradition. Well, so he's retiring, thank goodness. And so this ward that elected him um, is now up for grabs. And it's really interesting because we've got Lev McLean, the Stephanie Rodriguez, and um, Stephanie Rodriguez being the shadow candidate in this instance, and Lev McLean being truly the only candidate that we've heard talk about any kind of class consciousness. He identifies um, as being pro-union and, you know, has talked about the fact that, and this is so crucial because 
you know, we've been on the affordable housing um, roller coaster for the last few years. Have you heard anyone mention that wages needed to be raised? Not once. Not once has anyone said that housing is too expensive because people aren't getting paid enough. Not once. And honestly, that's the truth. And so... And honestly, also, just like anybody outside of Salem that's listening to this, it's the truth everywhere. Because literally everywhere is having an affordable housing crisis. And it's just truly that wages, not only do they not even keep up with like inflation, but they don't even keep up with, you know, cost of living in any way, shape, or form. Because if they did, the minimum wage would be like $22 an hour or something like that. And we're definitely not there because, I mean, I see businesses all the time here in town advertising for $12, $13 an hour and, you know, nobody can live on that. So that's the other piece, you know, we can get all into the, you know, the minutia of the developers and the percentage of the units that need to be affordable and what what's considered affordable, what, you know, percentage of the poverty line is considered whatever, blah, 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 blah. And like, that's certainly what this is all about, really. Um, Once you strip away, you know, the like, sexiness of being like, (laughs) I want affordable housing, you know. Um, But no one is talking about the fact that it's just like, people need to make more money to survive. Um, Except Lev McLean. Word for candidates. And Love McLean also <laughs> like actually talked about being because uh Love McLean was the head of was is hold on. <laughs> um as as part of the security team at the PBD Essex Museum, Love has a really great view of the realities of being an employee of downtown. And so he was talking about downtown parking and how it turns employee it turns potential employees away from working downtown because they can't leave in the middle of their 8-hour shift to go pay their 4-hour parking meter and not just pay their 4-hour parking meter but go move their car somewhere else i mean employers you know can't just, it's just it's a mess it is a mess and i've never seen anybody on the city council address the realities of being what is literally the backbone of Salem. Truly. <laughs> a service industry employee. I had never felt so seen as when I yes. read him talking about the fact that like employee, like that people who work downtown have to move their car every yes. four hours um, because you can't just park all day at the same, even if you're paying for the parking meter, you can't stay parked at one meter all day. And, you know, as an employer with a few employees, it's annoying, yeah. you know, but it's like, obviously, what am I going to do? You know, that's, that's what y'all well, have to and, do. But also, And you're also, coming at it as a compassionate employer who lets us leave to go move our cars and pay our parking Even meters. though it's really annoying. And not everybody, <laughs> I would say almost nobody except you. You probably is making that accommodation. And, you know, you just hear something that's always on the the lips of Salem residents is residential parking, residential parking. And I've just never heard anyone talk about employee parking. Correct. And just a sidebar, there is an entirely empty parking lot right behind the store that 
is, you know, obviously private owned because every commercial building here is privately owned. And it's a completely empty parking lot that they just don't let people park in for literally no reason. <laughs> They've had, it's a parking lot for a business which is no longer there, mm -hmm. which has no uh, prospective tenant for it. And they've just had it chained off for literally all of October. Mm -hmm. And I can attest that almost the only people parking in that lot were employees. I was seeing the same cars every single day in addition to my own. Um, and yeah, they one day it was it was chained off. So we all arrived to work downtown for to make Salem so magical for October and had to drive home and then walk back. <laughs> TLDR, Lev McLean is the only person that understands what the working people of Salem are going <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, we can probably cut all that, but <laughs> get McLean. Word for people, get your pens out. It's Lev McLean for the win. Word five is an easy one for us because it is Jeff Cohen v. Steve Capantis. And Jeff Cohen is more progressive than you. More progressive than you, maybe more progressive than you. us. Yeah. Um, he's a good dude. He has the right priorities. Um, he has, you know, I, I would say he has done a lot to qualify him for this role in terms of volunteering and running committees and stuff like that. And, um, you know, again, we always encourage you to do your research. You don't need to do much on this one to know that he's – you know, he's out there, he's progressive, He's knows what he's talking about. He's really somebody that all he wants to be is a city councilor. He has pledged to dedicate like truly six days of the week to office hours. He's planning to retire so that he can dedicate all of his time to serving the city. I mean, Jeff Cohen just wants to help. Jeff Cohen is like the most earnest man in the biz. Jeff Cohen is so Earnest. Like he's he he oozes earnesty. Yes. And I want that. I do too. I you do know? too. You know. The one thing I'll say for Steven is that he did have a dog on stage with him for his interview on Salem Public Access. And, you know, I was like, that's a real pro. You know, he's got a dog. He brought him on stage. Yeah. Off the bat, it's it's hard to say no to that, you know? And Steve has a great knowledge of the ADA laws, which we were talking about before, and has been engaged as a member of the disabled community, you know, making that happen. But he's just another example of somebody who is really good and engaged in certain areas, but that doesn't necessarily make him qualified to be a the Ward 5 city councilor. Well, and what I was going to say is that he did not introduce us to that dog. He also didn't even <laughs> introduce the dog. So we didn't get any information about this glorious animal that truly, like, did not move a muscle for the entire interview and just really gave us everything that was at all entertaining or interesting about that interview. And we didn't even get to know that dog's name. It was almost like he was withholding the dog on purpose. You Truly, know? it was like a real bait and switch yep. where I was like, oh, this is a person that's going to bring a dog on stage. So obviously I'm going to like them. But then to not even give any kind of like attention to that dog or, you know, 
I, I just, if I didn't already know that Jeff Cohen was my candidate, the lack of respect paid to that dog convinced me. So, Ward right. 5, get your pen out. It's Jeff Cohen. And by extension, Flora, because Flora... Mm -hmm. Hardest working woman in the B&B &B business. Absolutely. Okay, Ward 6, you know, it's George O'Brien, and that's Brian, not Brian. And V. Megan Riccardi. And this is a tender one for me. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> in the last city election, Meg Riccardi, Earth Angel in the image of Alice Merkel. I a millennial say. queen. A millennial queen who is always out at the Mac Park food farm. Could be Gen X. I shouldn't speak on. No, I think she's a millennial. Okay. Just a very kind and smart person who, much like Alice Merkel and Jeff Cohen, just want to help and raise her family here, um, was challenged by someone who really pulled out as many shady tactics as he <laughs> possibly could to try to steal her one vote win from her. No, like, okay, we're going to go off on a whole <sighs> tangent here about literally this is the reason that we do this. We're both tired. It's the last week of October. We run a business in Salem. We're exhausted. And yet here we are doing this podcast because it is so important that every single body votes. Because one single body voted more, voted for Meg Riccardi, and now we have a good city councilor in Ward 6. But it was one single person one single person and the, without getting into the like intricacies of the municipal election system when somebody wins by one vote it's perfectly reasonable for the opponent to ask for a recount of the votes one vote I, I would have done the same sure i would have done the sure. same i was part of that recount and i need you to know that these things can be so arbitrary because a, a an invalid vote could just mean somebody who like filled in the wrong bubble and then crossed it out and filled in the correct bubble. And it's up to the judgment of whoever is recounting those votes to decide whether that's valid or not. That was such a stressful situation. So we recounted it. I think we actually uncovered one more vote for each of them. So it ended up still being even, but with an extra vote on each side. It went to the the state courts. They tried to manipulate a Spanish-speaking voter to, like, legitimize. It got ugly, folks. It got so ugly over the Salem, Massachusetts, Ward 6 city councilor position. This is how ugly these folks are willing to get to maintain what they think is power. Not service, power. They're willing to get extremely dirty. They were accusing, like, he was accusing his friend of being drunk on the witness stand. Like, it was, it was. It's bad. No, it was bad. And that's not who's running that's against her. That's not who's running now. Now. But I couldn't even tell you the difference between who's running against her now and, like, some of these other shadow candidates because it's the same 
thing. He's just saying the same exact things that the rest of them are. They ask him about what his vision for Salem is, and he just talks about how it was when he was younger. He made some weird comment <laughs> about stopping development in case there are, like, historical artifacts, like, hidden. I, truly, watching his Salem Access TV interview, I, I honestly, I couldn't follow it. No, because again, and this is the thing I keep saying to Paige, and it sounds reductionist, but it's just true. Like literally nothing they say makes any sense. It doesn't. <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. So word six, folks, get out your pens. It's Megan Riccardi. And that leads us to the last word, word seven. Another interesting one because the current Ward 7 counselor is Steve Dibble, who is shooting his shot for mayor, which again, we will be back with more content related to that. But in the meantime, we've got Andy Varela, and he owns... He owns Maitland Farms. Maitland Farms. Which which you may know as having the really cute cart at the farmer's market with like flowers and garlic braids and really, really good pickles. Who doesn't love that? Versus Francis Riggieri. Yeah, Riggieri. Riggieri. Who is just another, like, I was approached by folks asking me to run. What really got me between... I. Between the two of these people, what really got me, I'm I'm an alum of Salem State, as is producer. Yeah, I was Anthony. just gonna say Salem State folks or Salem State adjacent folks, perk your ears up for this, please, because you're in Ward Seven and this is very important. And I know Massburg came around and registered you to vote on campus. So it's not even it's it's like five minutes. Just go to the Enterprise Center, vote. On November 2nd or earlier this week, come downtown, come hang out downtown while it's not super crowded on like, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday and vote early, whatever. Um, that might be after this airs. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> the both of these candidates were asked during their interview um, what they envision for the Salem State South Campus, um, which some of you might know as the Bates dormitory complex and also the South Campus Academic Building, um, Salem State is selling that land, basically. And there are a lot of proposals for what to do there. And both of these candidates um, seem pretty much in agreement that like senior housing would be a really great um, fit for this area because it is a pretty heavily residential, like single family area already. Um, you know, the infrastructure is is ready for it. What really got me was that Frank when asked about the buildings, said something about like, well, it'd be a shame to like waste these buildings and you know, maybe there's something we can do with them. And Andy asked the same question, actually started talking about floodplains and the kind of like reinforcement that those buildings would need to continue being residential housing on floodplains. And it was so interesting because one of the main talking points that Not For Salem has been leaning on and has been citing as their reason for like halting all development was that building on floodplains is dangerous. And so hearing Andy talk about the realities of how you can safely reinforce that land was such a contrast to hearing just the obstructionist, you can't do it at all. He was like, no, this can be housing, but we we do need to put more care into the area. Whereas Steve was just like, Frank or whatever. <laughs> Steve, Frank, there's two Steves. There's a Frank, there's a whatever. <laughs> 
I just don't care. <laughs> like literally Steve. <laughs> literally Steve Frank is like just the best way to actually describe like all of these candidates. You know what I mean? Like so it's fine. <laughs> Because they're all Steve Franks. You know right. what I mean? Like, they're right. just all Steve Franks. So, okay. <laughs> so, Ward 7. <laughs> this is the best episode we've ever done. And I, I, and I know that truly, to be true. I think we're truly giving the people what they want right now. I do, too. I think we're truly doing that. And so, Ward 7. Pencils out. It's Andy Varela for the win. Okay. For the ward. Okay, so now we're at at large, and there's a lot of candidates, and we don't have nice things to say about a lot of them, so we're just going to keep it to the ones that we do, and maybe like a little bit about some of the ones that we don't, but you are voting for, there are how many spots? There are four counselor at large positions. Oh, I don't know why I only thought, okay, that's good. Okay, so there's four Spots open, mm -hmm. and there's something like eight or nine candidates, and one too many. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. So Alice Merkel, our queen, obviously. If you pay attention to this podcast, we probably talk about Alice Merkel in every single episode. She's our guiding light, our north star, hardest working woman in Salem politics. I she might be outside right now picking up garbage. I need you all to know that. I, you know, this is Erica. I live right in downtown Salem. I have a porch on the third floor of my apartment. The other day, you know, sometimes I go outside to just check the weather, see what I should wear. So I went outside in my robe the other day. I'm on my porch. I'm trying to get a gist of, you know, what the temperature is like. And lo and behold, who's down on the street collecting trash at like 7.30 in the morning, Wearing a mask. Wearing a mask outside, picking up trash, but Alice Merkel. And I just was like, you know, right. Like, this is what I want for my city councilor. Just, she never stops. She never stops. Everywhere I, I turn, Alice Merkel is, like, doing good deeds. She's She's got her shop local tote bag, and she's shepherding tourists through a crosswalk because she knows the cars aren't going to stop otherwise. She's, and she's doing beach cleanup. And she is, you know, working at the food pantry. Getting people their booster vaccines. She's I visiting people in retirement homes. I mean, it's truly just Alice Merkel just... You know, tattoo it on your forehead. Don't even mess around with pens. Just get an Alice Merkel tattoo. You know what you should do, really, <laughs> is you should check the Witch the Vote Instagram to see if we've posted the video yet oh. of Erica's wife, Melissa, following Alice around just doing her thing. Like, was literally just like, Alice is so good, I just want to follow her around and, you know... Make a video, make a commercial about because her, you just have to see her in action yeah. for one minute to be like, "Yeah, this woman should be in charge of everything." Yeah. Okay, so definitely Alice Merkel. Like, we're not telling you that you should use all four of your votes for Alice Merkel, but, but it's it really hurt. crucial that we get Alice Merkel elected I'll in go. the last election. The last she election, lo <laughs> she lost by about fifty votes, and I take that as a personal failure. 
because let's reframe that. Let's take it as a personal challenge to get yes. 50 more people to go to the polls than they did last time. We will never know if we've meet, met this challenge, but if Alice Merkel gets elected, I'll take it as a win. You know, when... Okay, I was so, going to say something about Elaine Milo, but we don't have to talk about oh, that right now. That's I'm just saying other. when Elaine Milo did not get reelected, I took that as a personal victory. Yes. I, I mean, and you should Thank because you. you wrote an epic take takedown of her for the Salem News. She yelled at us about cookies. What a monster. Anyways, Alice Merkel <laughs> is a 100% support. And we did record an episode with her. Our last episode was an interview with her. So if you don't believe us just listen to that interview listen to her own words it's also um in a written version also on the witch the vote website and on the house witch community page and you can actually vote all of your votes for her technically you can so if you don't feel passionately about any of the other candidates which you you know then just do that. Just do that. But the good news is that everybody can vote for Alice because Alice is running for counselor at large. And counselor at large represents the entire city at large. And the only other person that we really have strong, positive feelings about is Ty Hapworth. I like Ty Hapworth a lot. I mean, Ty Hapworth is, I think, the millennial that Salem is willing to accept right now. He is you know, attractive. He's a veteran. He's a preservationist, but in a progressive way. He's he's a dad. A dad. He's very open to discussion. He, you know, led He's a, like our version of a Kennedy. Yeah, you know? no, he's so. great. I like Ty. He's a good guy. He flirts back with Dennis Castleton, Stonewall Survivor, when he flirts with mm. him in Facebook comments, which I think is That's really important. precious. That's important. Yeah, you know, I, I like Ty a lot. He's done a really good job thus far other people that would not really maybe be harmful would be conrad prosniewski yeah he's fine he's always voted the way i wanted him to he is fine that's really all i have to say he's fine fine. melissa faulkner you know we've met her she's come to the store you know i don't want to say we're for i also don't want to say we're against but yeah i'm i am interested I, th- I think she's done a lot of uh, – she ran in the last election, and I think she's done a lot of, like, research and learning and activism since then, and I'm really interested to see the other stuff that she gets involved with. And I think there are a lot of areas that her voice is really important. She's a single mom. Yep. She's faced housing insecurity. Yep. And I think that that voice is sorely needed in a lot of areas of the city. But it's important to remember that, like – City councilor is a very specific position with very specific duties, and it's not necessarily a community advocate position or a, um, an activist position, and I think she's more of an activist, you know, and that's yeah. not an insult no. by any means. But if we had to pick four, yep, uh, which we kind of do, unless, again, we want to give all our votes to Alice, yep. Alice Merkel... Ty Hapworth, mm-hmm. Conrad Prasniewski, and Melissa Faulkner. Yeah. Right? That's our four. Yep. Our big, like, cross arms emoji people Do are not vote. Stacia Craft. <sighs> Again. Oh, boy. It's just lots of problems there. And is the uh, leader of Not For Salem. Yes. And my thing about... 
Stacia Craft. Stasha Craft. We can never decide if it's Stacia or Stasha. I don't think anybody can. <laughs> my big thing is, or not my big thing, because I have a lot of issues that. <laughs> Too, it's too big of a topic, but anybody who brings up cancel culture unprompted mm. is mm. just a huge red flag from me. You know, uh, in the Counselor at Large, I highly suggest watching the Counselor at Large forum because hearing all these folks in their own voices is really, really important. She brought up some, some issue. she brought up cancel culture and then tried to say, you know, it's dangerous when we call people false environmentalists and and that they're pushing false narratives because it shuts down conversation. And all I heard was fake news matters. And I just, just don't, please don't. don't, Just don't. Just please don't. Don't do that. don't. Don't do any of the other ones. Domingo Dominguez will probably win a seat again. Um, he is a current at-large counselor, and he will probably win again. He has tons of momentum. You've probably seen his, like, giant, like, garage door-sized signs around town. Um, he has a strong Latinx following. Um, and so I don't know that we have any way around Domingo, but you should not vote for him if you're listening to this. You shouldn't vote for him, but also, you know, Dominguez only has power when he has other people backing him up. And if we can get a bunch of other really progressive folks on city council, then his no vote is He's going to twist in the wind is what's going to yeah, happen to him because you know, he is a person that doesn't have a strong stance of his own at all for literally anything or like, I mean, he can't back up why he votes for things at all except for to say you know basically that well he doesn't even say this he just is affiliated with this same contingent of not for salem of you know this shadow group and if he doesn't have that to lead him i don't know what you know, I don't know what. I mean, I he maybe he'll come over to the substance side just for having no like if the council was stacked with progressive people, then what worst, would he do? Yeah, then worst case. He scenario, wouldn't go against it. Yeah. No, I don't but, think so. But even if he did, it would be he'd be the entirely one. symbolic. You right. know, it wouldn't it would be empty. But I don't even think he cares that much about what his platform is. I think he definitely, I think Domingo Dominguez is like the best example of like cult of personality that we have here, which is just that like truly he's just running on being this kind of like outgoing big personality who again can kind of rally a like certain demographic of the population here to vote for him, you know, unflinchingly. So, okay. I mean, that's it. That's what it is. We've given you all of our picks and a little bit about why, but if you want to know more, again, can't recommend the everything about the Salem. It's actually called Everything You Ever Needed to Know About the 2021 Salem Election on Reddit. 
so much information, so many useful links. If you are a person, bless you, that likes to do your own research and not just listen to two idiots on a podcast tell you who to vote for. But like, you will find all of the information that you need there. And then you can watch all of these people explain themselves, which is truly, you know, I think watching a candidate completely without any editorializing around them and or, you know, somebody else covering them or putting their stuff into context, just watch them talk about these things firsthand, you know, by watching these interviews. They're all about a half an hour long. But like I said, I mean, skip around. You know, you don't have to watch the whole thing to see that these shadow candidates literally answer every question with some very generalized answers backed up by only personal anecdotes about their time growing up in Salem, the career that they have now that, again, I'm sorry, like, don't most of them don't have anything really to do with like having a skill set or a knowledge set around running a city that the other candidates do have some of that and they do have some know-how about like how these actual like mechanisms work to you know agree on what the level of the poverty line percentage the affordable housing needs to be qualified at and like what's considered the wetlands and what you can actually do there versus just people saying you know we shouldn't do this and I stand for not doing it right because also, I mean, the thing that these not-for-Salem obstructionists are doing is the same thing that a lot of these anti-vaxxers are doing, that they're they're mistrusting the experts in these fields and saying, like, well, no, my ability to look at this chart made by whoever and interpret it however I want is just as valid as this person who actually has experience in the field. I mean, we're we're losing Ward 2 City Councilor Christine Medor, who is probably the most qualified person on city council who works in city planning because people were calling her a ringer. They were calling her a ringer for having experience in city planning as a downtown Salem city councilor. It's absolutely bananas that any of these people think that they know better than the experts. So if you're like us and you don't vote for your candidates based on who you'd like to have a beer with the most. I mean, but honestly, I'd like to have a beer with our candidates the most. But, you know, if you're a person that, you know, likes, again, somebody talking the talk and you have no idea whether they can even walk the walk, then great. You're not going to like any of the people we talked about. But one more time for the people in the back, we're talking about Ward 1, Bob McCarthy. Ward 2, Caroline Watson felt. Ward 3, Patty Morsillo. Ward 4, Zev Mc... Ward 4, Lev McLean. Ward 5, Jeff Cohen. Ward 6, Megan Riccardi. And Ward 7, Andy Varela. And for at large, we're talking about Alice Merkel in bright shining lights. We're talking about Ty Hapworth, Melissa Faulkner, and Conrad Prisniewski. And you know, Fred Norton is also a good guy. We'll just tack go. that on there. You know what? That's an option. There you go. You even get a bonus option. And that's what you need to know about the ward counselors and the counselors at large here in Salem. That's who, which the vote stands behind. And 
So if you like us, those are your peeps. So what we're going to do now, <laughs> no, so that's uh, this, that's this episode. And we'll put a bunch of links in the episode description too, to like interviews and that Reddit thread and, um, you know, early voting options and polling places and all that good stuff. But, you know, please heed our words. So until next time, which will be our coverage of the mayoral debate between current mayor Kimberly Driscoll, friend woo, of the pod, woo. and Steve Dibble, her challenger, who, boo, you know, whew, whew. it's going to be a spicy one. It's going to be a spicy one. We're putting it all on the line for this We one. really are. <laughs> we really are. So until next time, which is... Lose not substance for shadow. Bye. Bye.